get enough of you Leave it all to bloom You were right All right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast, and that is my new jam. And just like that song says, I can't get enough of the Wolfpack. Will, how you doing? I'm good. You uh, you faded it out right when it was really sounding like it was about to pop. I know. It's I don't like the way this dashboard does the fades. It's super aggressive. I'll play it on the outro. Everybody can hear your jam. It's a good song. Yeah, do it for the people. For the people. Uh, randomly heard it on the end of Ballers episode um, like six or something like this last past season. I heard a song on the way out and I was like, man, that's a really good beat. It's Never really watched good. a single episode. Oh, man, you're missing out. Oh, I don't know, it's man. Really Look, I love The Rock and it was like the one thing I was like, I don't know if I can risk it. Uh, I don't know. It's one of his better, better acting jobs, in my opinion. It's wow. a really good show. That sounds like somebody who did not watch um, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I love Hobbs and, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> um, for anyone out there that thinks that that would be a terrible movie, um, you should definitely rent it. Go to your local Redbox and support my brother-in-law's uh, business. And um, rent it and uh, drink a bottle of wine or something with your, with your special someone and uh, kick back and laugh because that movie is sneaky funny. So... I mean, any of those Fast and Furious movies to me, like they're entertaining. That's what they are. Yeah. And I enjoy them. I'll watch them all until they stop making them. And it's The Rock, so it doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) I just found out. Ballers is really good. (laughs) Ballers is a really good show. I just found out. It it started getting off the deep end in the the last like season when he was like maybe the fifth season, I think it was. Um, But they brought it back. This last one was really good. Well, I hear. they announced today that Bosch is going to have a seventh season. So yes, talk about a guy yes. who came in at the right time to deliver this news to you. That is fantastic. <laughs> Bosch is an Amazon original show uh, based on a Michael Crichton book, I believe. No, Connolly, oh, I think. Michael Connolly, there you go. Um, but it's awesome. It's like a, I don't know, it's a detective show, right? But it's, yeah. so, it's such a good show. I, I think five seasons in, highly recommend it. I think if you um if you like the wire, it's a it's a more low key yeah. version of that, um, a little bit more self contained, but it has a lot of people from the wire in it, which I've kind of enjoyed. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's really good, and you know what, the intro is awesome. Um, I yes. find myself uh, watching more episodes when I want to go to sleep because I'm like, ah, oh, that intro is about to kick in. But- <laughs> That is good. I didn't, I didn't. I need to put that one on on the list next week. If you remind me, I'll put. I'll play it. Um, yeah, good show. Everybody should watch that one. It's a really good show. Uh, so, absolutely, we should probably talk about the Wolfpack to some degree. How's the how's the women's team doing right now? Um, halftime, right? Yeah, it's at halftime. They're down. I think ten. Um, they're looking. I guess Q name. This is literally the first time I've tuned in to watch this team, and. Um, Cunane hasn't scored a field goal yet, and I think the oh gosh, I'm gonna, I can't remember who the other girl's name is. Just got like her first field goal. Um, 
ace. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're playing a little sloppy. Kinane's looking a little, uh, looking a little like timid or weak down in the block. So, I mean, I hope she can kind of, um, you know, I, I, I know I'm not expecting like windmill dunks or anything like that, but I think she needs to really kind of like, I don't know, body it a little bit more. Like she, she's, she just looks tentative for some reason. Um, but right. Louisville looks good, man. They got this, uh, they got a couple people that are just like, you know, dropping in, you know, threes, like it's not a problem. So, um, I don't know if we just ran into a buzzsaw at the wrong time, but, uh, I will say this, the, the jerseys that the women are rocking look pretty cool. Um, and I don't know if they've been wearing these all year. Maybe someone who's, who's been watching can tell me, but look pretty sweet. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing the, the guys rock them. They got this like, uh, gold lettering with like red trim on it. Looks really cool. Huh. Nice. It's classy. Cool. I'm sure they'll be fine. They have a tendency to be up and down, but come back when it matters. Uh, all right. So a little recap of Bridget. I know that the last, I think it was the last six minutes, five minutes and 49 seconds, if you want to be exact, uh, they couldn't hear you or Bridget. So I really apologize. They had to listen to me talk to myself for five minutes. So sorry about that. Um, but otherwise it was a very well-received episode. I think uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good comments, a lot of good feedback. I think my thoughts now, after thinking about it, I probably would have asked her a little bit more or leaned into the Red Sox comparison for her growing up and said, you know, mm-hmm. the biggest thing would being, Hey, if, you know, Aaron Boone happened and the Red Sox lost again, right? Aaron bleeping Boone. Like, and then somebody, like one of your friends texted you something, you know, sarcastic. How would you have reacted, right? You know, I, I think that analogy might have gone over a little bit better. Um, like, I think she kind of got the point, but I don't, you know, I don't know if she really got what we're trying to get to, which is, you know, state fans are a bit of a different breed. What do you, what, how do you, what'd you take away from that? Um, yeah, no, I think she understands. I maybe, I, I think maybe just going in, like she just didn't think that they were, that our, our people were so, I think we're like high strung more than anything. Um, and we just snap really easily over sometimes. I mean, like, again, it, it's, it was bad timing, but at the, I mean, in the, in the long run, like people shouldn't be sending death threats to someone over a tweet. Like, all right. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not in her DMs. But that's normal, but man. Guy, I, I kind of gathered she was exaggerating uh, a little bit on that. Based, if you look at the replies to that, to the original, tw- original tweet, which I did, nothing was like out of bounds. Like the biggest one was like Katie Harris whatever she said was like you don't know how to do your job or something you know it was legit along those lines that doesn't mean somebody didn't slide in her dms and tell her she should be yeah, fired i mean but that's the thing it's like you like, don't you don't I, know what i think she was I think she's a little hyperbole I, man I, I it happens so often man the internet is the most predictable piece of shit place in the world and um <laughs> you know it would not surprise me at all if she got dms where someone basically just came at her completely unnecessarily hard and that's the thing is like i just don't understand like that mentality i've never well yeah you never get you never will you're not one of those yeah i mean it's like i 
it reminds think, me of like gaming. I just don't think it was. The it, it reminds me of like gaming, yeah. and I would like maybe I've just always gotten lucky, and I've just kind of come across people that are relatively mellow to play with. But like you occasionally just get someone like on the headset with you, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> like what's wrong with this human being? Um, but right. hey, lady pack. But she she really painted the picture that it was a lot of people, and I I really take pause with that. I, don't, I just hey don't, man, I don't believe that teach, happened. Teach, or teach their own. They if yeah, one one yeah. one is more than enough, as far as I'm concerned. But it's true. It's true. I don't know. You know, and then when I pushed her on the question where she said your fan base is always attacking people, and she didn't say that we weren't. I mean, she didn't say yeah, I didn't mean that. She was like, yeah, you guys do, and I'm like. Whoa, whoa, well, like that's a little bit harsh. You know, I, I just I disagree. You know what that. was really interesting was when she said that um, because of kind of like maybe where people are, right? That like the Duke presence in the local media threads, uh, in that sense, is is kind of limited, and that it's really UNC and state. And I could see that, given how things have been relatively history, like in the recent history, like. Yeah, UNC fans are probably more easygoing in general coming off of the success they've had in, in basketball and, you know, where they get to celebrate a, a seven-win season like they've won, you know, the national championship. Um, so, I don't know, man. I could see from a local perspective that our fans are assholes, <laughs> like more often than other other fan bases. Um, it's a, I just think, I, like I said earlier, like I just feel like we're just like uh, – just so frustrated um and i just think it comes out poorly at times um but like that that tweet would could not have been more poorly timed and i'm not surprised people got upset yeah 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 i i have just a different opinion of our fan base because i've been very complimentative of them over the years that's that's a big word i was gonna butcher it (laughs) Um, and uh, now I forgot what I was going to say, but you know, like 95% of people that I interact with, I interact with a lot 100% of people are within the, are, yeah, are with, awesome. You know, they're super cool. And there's always a one that's just like over the deep end, oh like fire everybody immediately. <laughs> and I, I don't, I just don't think that's everybody. And I think it's even a smaller yeah. percentage of the people that slide into DMs and say, hey, oh, you're yeah, an asshole, those are the ones you, you remember, right? Like, I, I don't know. It, yeah. it would be, I, I don't know what it's like to be someone that's in the actual media. Like everyone's nice when they tweet at me from, from these podcasts. So, um, but I just, so I always think of everything in like the, the bell curve, right. And somewhere on the tail end, you know, at the right is like all the really nice state fans who nothing could ever go wrong. And then on the other end is just like the, the five guys who are just the worst part of our fan base. Um, and, and like, I, I think that's I, I totally is, right? It totally is. Really but I guess what I was yeah. saying, it, I think it makes sense when she had said kind of like, think about the, the who the people are that are tweeting out at her or, or reaching out. Like Duke is like checked out relatively compared to the just the populace of UNC and state fans. I mean, who knows? Right. I mean, as this season goes on, if state could actually beat UNC in basketball, she might see the uh, the the bad side of UNC fans. Yeah, I, the other part of the, all of this is <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to trying to work in a Walmart joke in there. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, the other part of all this is that I think 
she's got a lot to learn as far as being a public personality. And I'm not saying that I understand it by any means, but I feel like, you know, there are people who have been in it, some veterans who understand it a little better. And I, I got a feeling, you know, that's going to be one of her part of her learning lessons. As yeah. She goes I thought, this. um, uh, like I, I thought I could notice like when she was talking about like actually doing the broadcast and like actually the station work, um, she had a like just a more serious like I, I, I got it. Like I I I just think it's like it's gotta be tough. I mean, it would be curious if we could ever get like Mark Armstrong or someone on and ask them about like how do you do your professional uh voice versus your public off camera voice kind of thing. Um I bet yeah, he would come on. Right? It'd just be interesting. Yeah, I mean he we could just talk about Utah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah i bet she would come on because i think he does it better than everybody like because he can he'll go on there and rant about utah sports whatever and i guess nobody's paying attention <laughs> but you know he jokes around with state fans and other fans and everybody knows that he's you know he's joking around whereas like joe Ovius and those guys historically have been you know aggressive with their snark and it comes off completely different. Now I, I think they've kind of refined that over the years. I think they've kind of softened that um, just from the little bit I pay attention to them on Twitter. So I'd be curious to talk to Mark Armstrong and how he feels about all yeah. that. Yeah. Or we're to swing for the fences and get Jeff Gravely. It's no problem for us. Dude, I bet she would do it too, actually. I, now he's <laughs> he's interviewed all the coach the football coaches. What, I, who else has got left? <laughs> Bring us on, Jeff. I'd Bring have to tone on. down the language for a few episodes so that we could get past the filters. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are within. Oh, we're down 11. What is going on, Lady Pack? Come on. I feel like I doomed us by watching this game. <clears throat> yeah. Let's talk about that last basketball game. All right. So Syracuse game. I think super important for the pack. It just, it meant a lot. And, you know, going, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I was watching it on my phone as I was playing basketball. So I didn't watch it super closely, um, but I did watch enough of it to, to get the gist of it. And for a while there, probably like everybody else. And if you look at the ESPN probability chart, you're like, come on guys, you're just blowing it. Uh, but you know, I saw Devin Daniels bank in three, and it, it was a huge win just from the fact that it it helps you stay in hunt for the double buy in the ACC yeah. tournament. And, you know, just another good road win. I don't know what it ranks in the quadrants. It was a one. You know, it's it was even better. So, not that net and that stuff actually means anything anymore, but it was just, it was a really important game. If they lost that game, you know, you could have, you could just see them checking out, but man, they just, I give it to them. They play hard and they don't always do the right thing or the smart thing, but they seem to play hard, especially more so on the road, which I think is interesting. Yeah. The, um, I was going to say it was really nice. Um, I turned it on a few minutes in and um, it was really nice to see a lot of full court pressure. Um, 
you know, and I, I wonder if that was, you know, we finally had enough healthy bodies to do it. Uh, of course, Pat Andre, um, yeah. you know, twists his ankle again. Um, so hopefully that's not going to be a, a serious thing. I mean, I know he twisted it a lot, so hopefully it's only a, a little thing, but, um, yeah, it was great to see a lot of effort. Um, you think that we would struggle against the zone, but we looked very well coached for it. Um, you know, Keats is, I think he's either two or three and zero against Bayheim. Um, which is mind blowing that he's Owen life against <laughs> Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech is <laughs> sitting not, here like smashing uh, uh, Louisville like it's not a problem. Louis. So, uh, by the way, I'm yes. about to get a Krispy Kreme uh, delivery. Um, so I'm going to have to go on mute for a second. Oh. So why don't you vamp? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, that game was just one of those games. You could see them collapsing. Now I disagree with Will. I don't think they excel against the zone. I, what I think it happened is they had a good shooting night and that was bound to happen. Just if you, you know, statistically you play the numbers at some point, you can't shoot bad all the time. And it's going to come back, uh, which I hope it does for Braxton Beverly, because I think he was one for five from three in this game, which has got to get better. Our guy, our deep ball shooters have got to shoot better. I'm curious why. So if anybody's out there watching those games, count how many in the next game, count how many open shots that CJ Bryce passes off or Markel passes off from deep. So Bryce, especially, especially in that game. And it, maybe it was not deep enough into the shot clock, but if you watch that game and that ball's moving around, especially against the zone. And there, there was at least three in the second half. I'm like, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And they pass it around and they end up trying to drive in the middle and they turn it over at the end. But uh, that's the one thing that really frustrates me is, you know, at times they feel like they're super selfish and they don't make that extra pass. And then the other times is they do make the extra pass and you want them to shoot it because it's in the right guy's hands. I want Bryce to shoot it every time he gets the ball. He's our best player, best shooter. I don't, whatever. Uh, Mahesh had a comment that uh, I wanted to read. Also a comment, but I feel Devin Daniels needs to be given credit in general for his play. These last few games, dude has been jumping on 50, 50 balls, been our defensive anchor big ups to him he needs to work on passing in him free throws yeah Devin Daniels is like 78% free throw shooter but just seems to miss at the worst times but yeah I agree I, I've been saying this all year that I think Devin Daniels gets the extra effort award no matter what he could be super frustrating just because sometimes he just plays out of control but when he dials it in and kind of throttles it back just a little bit so that he's in control. He's really good, man. He's a super athlete. He plays super hard. And sometimes I think he just tries to do too much too fast. And as he he has those games like he did against Syracuse, especially at the end where he pulls it back and he kind of keeps in front of himself, you know, it's just like, man, that's, that guy's got, that guy's got the potential. And it, it lines up with what you heard when he transferred in from Utah that they everybody was saying that he's the he was the best player. You know, he was sitting out and he was like, Oh, he's the best player, he's the best player. And you're like, he comes in his his freshman year or sophomore year, whatever it was. And he was he was okay. You could tell he had the hustle, but 
he didn't um, have it, you know, all refined, right? And I think he's starting to show more of those moments where you're like, yeah, this guy, this is it, man. This guy can do it all. And I really think he can. He's a really, he's really good. Now, if he does get maybe a little bit more used to driving and kicking out and not trying to immediately go to the rack every time, you know, maybe make a play for somebody else, you know, he could run your point next year. You don't have to rely solely on Braxton or Sebron or one of these other guys coming in. Why are you? Will is. I'm sorry. There's me. a lot of background noise here, so I'm uh, trying to chat you to keep you going <laughs> while you're talking. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, yeah, he's he's a good defender. Uh, I mean, he's he's got it all, and I think he's it's just starting to come together for him. And he has those moments. He's had a couple twenty point games this year, and he's clutch, man. Because if you know, you can't rely on your senior guards to do these things for you and to give that extra effort. I mean, I'd take five Devin Daniels in a heartbeat and you'd beat a lot of, you'd beat a lot of teams. So yeah. Is your dog done barking? She's growling. People just deal with it in the background. She's, uh, she's my, my girlfriend and her sister are here and she's, uh, she's being a good, a good girl, but she's also extremely excitable and then it gets everyone excited. So and that's just that's just my girlfriend. Hey oh, hey oh, that was a good joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um uh, you know it's funny, it's like I was I was watching that game until like the six or eight minute mark and they went up like four or five points. And I said, This is it, we're done, my blood pressure can't take it. And I walked downstairs and started watching Bosch. And then I uh, looked at my phone and saw we were up um four, and then we were up I think what up to seven maybe. And then I was like, Oh man, this is going to be terrible. And then you just start seeing the like little one points going up from free throws. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I'm not going to tune in. I'm not going to do it. And then, uh, and then the game was over. Thank God. And we won. So that was just, uh, it's just funny. I think I've gotten to a point watching those games where I'm like, I think I, I literally am in a calm state and now we're about to lose. And I can't, I can't watch this. (laughs) <laughs> you just it's amazing that you never get used to it yeah right i mean you just it's always something you know you just we've seen the we've seen the ends of those games so many times and we've seen us on the bad end of those games more often than not and so you just kind of expect it and it's really hard mentality to get out of but yeah it is what it is uh, I don't BC, even know who they got next. Ultimate trap game for, for NC State post big win. Right. Hold on. Boston College, Sunday at 6 p.m. at BC. Okay. BC and then Duke. Yeah, okay. so we go through like a little bit of a murderous rose stretch now, I think. We've got Duke, you've got Louisville, you've got UNC, and then I thought there was one more. Florida State, Duke, Florida yeah. State. It's Duke, Florida State. Yeah, Duke, Florida State, Carolina. And then, isn't there one more Louisville game or no? Oh, okay, good. No, I don't think so. Well, we'll just see them in the ACC championship game. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, all right. So, football stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, 
spring practice is starting in two weeks, but the content that the media, I don't even know what you're going to call it, football media has been putting out has been awesome. Uh, Jeff Gravely, we were talking about, has put out a bunch of interviews. Uh, the latest one with Dave Dorn is super interesting. Like it's You watch the videos, and I'll tweet it out later, but you watch that Dave Dorn interview, man, you really you want to pull for him. You want the guy to win because he just seems like, yeah, like, I like this guy, man. He, you could get down with it. You think he's he's genuine and he's saying all the right things and he just feels like he fits. He's just got to win, man. <laughs> That's, But the content they've been putting out has been really good. Um, I, I think it's awesome. It's starting to get you excited again for football despite what football was last year. Yeah, I was interested uh, in that last – I don't know. Was there another video before the one that uh, he and Jeff Gravely came out with? Uh, they did Charlie Wallace oh, okay. was the one before yes. that, the interview. And then they also did um, just a regular promo. It seems like it's definitely going to um, – I'm sorry, you guys are going to hear that. <laughs> the dog is trying to – we're trying, trying to take her out. Um, I think Jeff Gravely is going to pay a lot of dividends. Having just someone that can kind of smoothly operate uh, in those interviews with the coaches. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really – uh, interesting to hear you know they were like what's changed or you know how are you gonna like how are you gonna approach the quarterback situation well we're gonna let Devin take the lead but you know you kind of inferred that they're gonna see what guys do well and then they're it seemed like he was kind of indicating that they're like okay yeah. well maybe we'll build packages uh, off of these guys um so I mean everyone seems to kind of fit the same relatively the same mold um, unless, you know, someone just all of a sudden turns into a dual threat. So maybe it's not much there, but, um, you know, it was, a, I was just kind of laughing when he was like, you know, what's, what's changed. And he's like, well, we're not running wishbone. So it was devastating news <laughs> for our old school pack fans with, um, <laughs> yeah, his point was they were still going to run. They were going to run a version of the so spread he and, <laughs> It was interesting. What I thought was interesting was his point that pretty much everybody else said is that Devin Leary was the guy, you know, eventually became the guy. And, you know, retrospectively, you would have given him all the reps prior. And he said something Mm -hmm. like, you know, if we had known what the story would end up, we would have given him all the reps. Right. And he said, I thought that was interesting, but people have been saying that. Why did you give him all the reps? Well, obviously, well, they didn't know. Y- you so know what? He didn't earn clear. it until then. Like, I mean, I, I just hate to be yeah. a buzzkill about it. I, right. What I thought he was implying was basically like, hey, he was missing a half season of reps. And that um, is is definitely true. Um, it, it, I, I am hoping that I guess the sense I got from Beck and maybe I just kind of misunderstood what they were saying, but it basically sounded like he was installing and building out the schemes and it just came across as like more structured. And I'm hoping that's the case. Right. Cause I, I, I always felt like we had too many different philosophies going on. Um, it was good to hear him kind of implicate that, you know, they're going to see a lot more of that power run game, but he was saying that him and Garrison, because of their experience, they can do more creative things together in the run game. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I just want to see us play to our strength this year. And, you know, maybe Beck can do that. So I felt good coming out of that interview. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The spring game is April 4th. 
for those that are wondering, spring practice starts uh, February 27th and first scrimmage is March 20th. So yeah, I got to go. I got to do a little golf tournament on the third. So I guess maybe I could come back through and actually see the spring game in person because knowing uh, it's just a, one of my friends. I don't even know who we know that set it up. So it's like a, you know, a best ball four man scramble or something. Um, I know we're gonna need one. we may need one. I'll, I'm going to see. <laughs> I'm going to see. If we need to bring one up. Um, but uh, well, I was going to say, you know, usually Dave Doran is like the most anti. I don't know if he just doesn't understand that the spring game is kind of a marketing opportunity. Um, oh, right. did I hit? A, oh, did I hit something? Yeah, we've talked about this. Yes, you should know this by now. It's such a missed opportunity. Man, I thought this was going to be a short podcast, but I'm getting ready to butcher it. Uh, it de-emphasized it, which had to have come from Dave. And it's such a missed marketing opportunity every single year. It used to be a thing. They had the you know the cookout and they had fan fest type stuff and you know, I brought my kids and the Mr. Mr. Wolf run around. They were like, yeah, they, they loved it. And that is what it should be. It should be a big event. You have an opportunity, the way the area is growing, people moving in that don't have a connection to a team, but are always looking for things yeah. for their kids to do and events to go to you bring in a local band i think you and i have talked about this you bring in local bands and just make it a a deal don't make it about the football just make it an event like a mini fair or something and start generating that excitement from a young age right get those kids interested get the people interested get the new people in right that's an opportunity in the spring one of the best date you know best weather times of the year in april like best noon quick kickoff time for us and i just hate that they don't yeah right <laughs> like make it happen they really it's just such such a missed opportunity the way they've de-emphasized the last few years i really yeah the, just the don't football like should almost be like second fiddle to that kind of event and yeah you know i absolutely. could see i think the thing that also used to frustrate the hell out of me was like I, you know they would we'd have like i don't know 10,000 people there and you know they would be like you know give some money while you're going in to go to uh one of the foundations and then it would be like we donate like we generated like you know eight thousand dollars or something and i'm like hold on a minute we've got 10,000 people there and you guys aren't giving out at least like a couple bucks and i was like oh crap i was like i would give out like 20 bucks every time so i was like that means i'm like (laughs) subsidizing even more like i don't know it just always I would say uh, it would be interesting to see if Boo and those guys would kind of put a little more effort in there. Cause I, I think the thing is like, you want to reach out to the fans right now and get them excited and make it, make it feel like you're invested for them. That's what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. You just make it, you know, just make it a big thing. And you know, I, even if you only raised $8,000, you're raising money for charity, right? There's, there's no downside to that. And I, man, I really wish they would do something different. Like if you're a big, if you want to put emphasis into you know your football program and you want to be a football school, you have to do these things, right? You, you make it a big deal. 
And you start by making it not about the football, making it a, a big event to do whatever. And, you know, eventually you start getting big crowds there and it becomes a thing. But yeah, it's just such a missed opportunity the last few years. Really disappointing. All right. You, yeah. you had three minutes. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's keep okay, it short. Done. All right. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, yeah, short this week because we already recorded two hours of Richard earlier. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, it's all right. Uh, Quentin asks sushi. Oh, yes. Question mark. What? Any good. <laughs> so yeah, that's what he said. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you. I, I'm sure this probably hits home with you. Just, but I was never really a big sushi guy. I, I'll eat it like the. California rolls and some of the basic sh- stuff, not the super fancy. My wife loves it. Um, but I've had sushi all over the place. We were in um, Tokyo in, I don't know, a couple of years ago. We went to this famous sushi place and it was, it was good, man. I, I really, I really like it. I enjoy it. It's not something I actively seek out like a lot of people. Um, I, could probably give you a couple recommendations, but I imagine there's probably other people that are much more well-versed in it. Um, but I think there's so many different varieties. The thing I think is interesting about it is no matter what you like, there's some sort of sushi variant that you'll, you'll like, right? Even if it's just like, I like fried food, there's a fried freaking sushi you know, option, right? There's all sorts of levels of it. So I think that's what's interesting. I, yeah, I love sushi. sushi. Guy, so go. Um, I was just thinking about how yeah. we were out in California and we spent a night in um, Napa with some friends and everyone had passed out from drinking wine earlier in the day. And there was like a, you know, like Michelin star sushi restaurant in the town that was one of the like iron chefs had done, uh, like ran. So like mm-hmm. I went and sat at the, the chef's bar there and was just like, you know, just, you know, Make whatever you guys want, and, and you know I'll take it. Uh, it was a delicious, wonderful experience. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, the great thing about sushi is like there's all there's all kinds of it. I mean, you can be as simple as just getting like the giri and you know just just simple little pieces of fish on on sticky rice, or you could go for the rolls. Um, I probably eat sushi at least once a week. I will admit, um, I, I love it. And uh, I even have like different <laughs> grades of like uh, grocery store sushi that I'll accept depending on like where, how I'm feeling Ooh. for the day. So I almost yeah. went and got like a, an upscale version of it today. And I said, no, no, no. I was like, got to be healthy. And now that I ate a donut, I'm glad I did. Um, I would think, uh, man, like, I mean, yeah, sushi, like read through Yelp reviews. I mean, you know, you just got to find a place that you like. I, I have one. I literally have one four blocks from me in my neighborhood. So it's, um, and it's like one of the city's yeah. best. So I'm super lucky in that capacity, but I said, give it a try if you, and you know, take it easy. Um, you go simple with like, start with like a California roll just to get, you know, into it. And then, um, if you don't like it, then do what, uh, what Emma suggest, suggested and get like a, a deep fried roll. Like typically like a Philly roll is like what they'll call it or a bagel roll. And it'll be like a bunch of cream yeah. cheese and probably hardly yeah. any fish if at all. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, right. let's uh, branch out. Get yourself some sushi. Yeah, it's worth a try. And 
yeah, experiment, but there's a bunch of variants. It was funny. Uh, I was deep sea fishing a long time ago, and I was with this grizzled old salty sea captain, and we were talking about seafood, and I forgot how it came up, but he was like, if you can't see or smell the ocean, don't eat the fish. And I was like, huh. That one kind of stuck with me for many years. Yeah. So she's a little different. You don't really, I mean, the fish is usually better quality, but like that generally applies to my, hey, how I view seafood. Like if I can't see or smell the let, ocean, let me I'm break it to you. They make seafood. this thing called refrigerated cars and um, it is, it's it fine. Hey, if you man, get something no, that is fun. like fresh catch or whatever, like, I I I I I hundred percent disagree with that philosophy. Um, but uh, if we were out there in the sea, I would agree with the man because I want to survive. But uh, yeah, yeah. So we I caught a we were out tuna fishing, and we've caught I think it was a seventy eight pound bluefin, and I mean it was as big as us. We laid down next to it, it was the same size, and when we got back to the dock and this dude cut it up. And you pull out a, a tuna loin, and it was no joke. It was like Jeez. three feet long, two feet long. Like just a big, it looked like a big tenderloin that you would cook, right? And you could just peel it off, and it was just like, it's nothing yeah. like it. It was unbelievable. It was just so fresh, just not cooked. You just freaking, he cut it out, and you just hand it to you, and you're like, this is ridiculous. It's like butter melts in your mouth. It's a mm-hmm. drastic difference. In like, I mean, that's extremely fresh, but I, I now, think there's a difference. Now, when you did that, but, were um, you uh, able to like sell your stuff. catch to the uh, either to the boat or okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We took back you a bunch. Back we caught a bunch of, them. of tuna. I got some crazy pictures. <laughs> yeah, and I gave it to all my friends. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> I have a picture of this bush light cam next to this giant tuna fillet. People are like, that is ridiculous. Oh, it's man. It awesome. It was so good. We had like a tuna party. We, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, we need to start a tuna but, farm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Tushy. Right. What else we got on here? <laughs> uh, favorite book. Somebody oh, asked her what was, what's her favorite tough. book. So I, you know, I thought about this for a little bit cause I'm currently on a Jack Reacher. Um, Bender, I guess you would call it. I'm out, I'm reading like a book a week at this point. I decided to just go for the series, and it's a, it's a, I, I like, know it's like it just, I, I think mean, you hit like a certain similar. period in your life where you're like, yeah. you know what I want? A little Jack Reacher action. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've read I've read a couple of them before, and I just decided I was with my kid in the library one day, and I saw it on the shelf. And I was like, oh, oh I'll get it. And just start reading through them all, and they're—I mean—they're so good. Amazon's making it a TV series, by the way. But so currently, I'm reading Jack Reacher Die Trying, which is—I've actually read it before. I got halfway into it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I've already read this one," but I kept reading it anyway. Um, my favorite book of all time, and it's not even that good of a book, but it is to me. It's Alex Garland's *The Beach*, and most people probably remember it from the oh, yeah, DiCaprio yeah, yeah. movie when he was like 12, but the, it was based on this book and I think the book's fantastic and it's just infinitely better than, uh, than the movie, which usually is with books. But I was in Thailand with, I was by myself and I had met this girl and we were traveling around together a few places and we we're in 
Chiang Mai and we're talking one night and we're walking down the street and she's asked me about this book. She's like, yeah, have you ever read it? And I was like, no. And she's like, it's based here. And we're going to this bookstore, she's a used bookstore, and she pulls it out and she buys it for me, hands it to me. And she's like, here, read it. And I started reading it like on boats and things as I was driving around Thailand. I was like, this is amazing. I still have that copy of the book. It's sitting on my shelf. It's one of the best things that like somebody's ever given me. And I just super interesting book. So anytime anybody asks my favorite book, it's that one in that particular book because it really like hit home. And it's because you really like young there. Leo DiCaprio. So, you just you're just like, man, what a future this guy. What a future this guy has. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, he's good. If you, he's uh, going somewhere. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The other book, the other one more. The first book I actually read through high school was in 12th grade English. Like the didn't read the cliff notes, actually read the book. We had a book report and we got to pick one off of the um, New York Times bestseller list. And I read John Grisham's The Rainmaker. And I thought that was really good. And I've read a lot of John Grisham books since. But that one. I think that one. Does that one have Matt Damon in the movie? All the, all the good books have a story for me. You, uh, that is you Matt like Damon. Yeah, books. they made the movie again. <laughs> I think. One... You're like, can Tom Cruise be in this? <laughs> I I'm just like. Hunky stud actors. Have yeah. you um have you ever heard read the Bob Lee Swagger books? They're they're in that uh, I haven't but there's a good one. Yeah, um, really my to. dad used to get yeah. all these books on tape. I don't know why. I guess like his bank, they all like would just buy books on tape and then like exchange them with each other. And uh there's one called uh I Sniper, uh, a Bob Lee Swagger novel. And uh I remember it being really good. And you probably would like it if you like Reacher. He's huh. kinda got that that same kind of vibe to him um i'll write that down it's very much uh that was from the movie yeah, shooter Bobby yeah see, this is right down your alley boom you, yeah you know. <laughs> see you know me so well ever heard of a book called the bible it's been made um <laughs> yeah let's see what would i do for my favorite books um i i really like sci-fi uh and fantasy fiction a lot um so if I was recommending any of those, there's a, a really great series I've been reading recently called The Red Rising. Uh, first, it was a trilogy. Now it's up to five books. Um, and the, in particular, the audiobook is read very well. It's got a great narrator. Um, it's very, uh, if you are at all intrigued by um, adventures in space uh with a little roman uh flair to them uh, as far as like the the bloody gory old school salt of the earth um kind of terrible person portion of humanity it's uh it's great and i can't can't recommend that enough um <laughs> and if you are into more of like a fantastical mindset um there's a series by brandon sanderson um called uh the stormlight archive it's uh the books are all very big um but they're really really well written um and this author is known for his kind of um unique magic systems but his characters are always really interesting to me he typically has a character or multiple characters that are dealing with some kind of mental illness which i always find is fascinating i think he does a great job writing that um and if you just if you just have an active imagination, you'd probably really like those books. Um, and then a autobiographical book that I really liked was actually Trevor Noah's uh, book, uh, Born a Crime, about growing up as a um, uh, a mixed race child during the, apart the apartheid 
era in South Africa. It's fascinating. Um, the audiobook is is great because Trevor is reading it. It's um, funny and sorrowful, and it 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 hits all kinds of notes. And if you are ever curious about South Africa or race relations or anything like that, it is gives some incredible perspectives um, about what he went through and what his people went through. It's just, it's a really great read and it's, and it's not too long, so you can bang it out quickly. If you're, if you're an active reader, you'll do it in a week without a problem. Um, it's a good book. Huh? I just turned around in my office and I have a couple on the shelf. I don't keep many of them. I keep the ones I really like Bill Bryson's uh, notes from a small Island. Also Bill Bryson walk in the woods are really good. He's hilarious. Uh, I have Michael Crichton's travels. Michael Crichton wrote this book on his, his travel memoirs, which is completely different than the rest of his books. Uh, did, I thought it was really good. Did really you ever well, read well, Jurassic Park? I've heard that's really good. I, I I might, I'll, I'll probably get it. It's one of my next books because I've just I kept putting it off, but it's very well well rated and respected apparently. Um, and one more for you, yeah kind of kind of out of left field but it's oh a food yeah, book yeah called the food lab kenji lopez all uh serious eats people mm-hmm. might know him from serious eats blog but the food lab book man it's it's huge and everything in it like the way he breaks down why you should do certain things if you like cooking if you just like food and you want to do things better even if it's like from a burger to uh, big ZD or any of these things like, and he breaks it down in there. Why you, know, you can do this and do that. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. I, I think and, um, I recommend going to the library Ooh, to find plug. all excellent these books plug. because yeah, like it, to me, it's just, it just clicked for me. Like I said, I was in the library with my boy, you know, a couple months ago and, and I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably come here. Why would I, you know, bother buying them? And they have everything. And then now the Wake County Library doesn't have fees, so there's no late fees. And if they don't have a book, you can request it and they'll buy it for you. So I requested one, they bought yeah. it, and I went and read it, and they brought it back. It was awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah, great. a lot of them have the audio books books. now. Um, yeah, that's serious eats. Um, I cook a lot, and. Um, I in particular, particular, they talk about the reverse sear uh, method for steaks. And uh, if you've never done it, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. it's totally worth going out and getting like a little Bluetooth thermometer thing. I think I got one from Lowe's when I was doing like a, uh, a pork shoulder or something one time. And it makes the best steaks. I literally, when we go on trips with friends and family, I bring like I actually bring gear to cook with because I'm a psycho. But I always bring my my thermometer and uh, people laugh because it's like, oh, you know, you're cooking this steak low and slow in the oven and then you sear it really fast at the end. And then they have it and they're like, wow, that's the best steak I've ever had. So I, I Kenji is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. I thank him for probably giving me lots of cholesterol now, now that I think about it. But um, I have one more book recommenda- recommendation too. It's uh, like my ultimate guilty pleasure. Um, it's an audio book series. Well, it's actually a real book too, but... It's a uh, it's like an Amazon only series and it's called Expeditionary Force and it is basically about the uh, quote unquote merry band of pirates which is this NATO esque 
um, <laughs> military force that uh, through some circumstances has found themselves uh, gallivanting around the galaxy. And the two main characters is a guy named Joe and basically a talking beer can named Skippy. And it is so dumb. Uh, and, uh, but it's like my, my guiltiest pleasure. And it's got a wonderful voice, <laughs> voice, uh, actor who I think RC Bray is his name. And, uh, he really just brings dumb life to these characters. And what I really like about it is the reviews, like on the book covers that they have is like, um, it's like an Amazon review. So it's like great read would do it again. And then it just says like Amazon reviewer. <laughs> And it's it's freaking incredible. I'm not joking, guys. It's uh, if you, it, it's perfect for if you want to listen to an audiobook while you're at the beach or something and just staring off. Um, it's a uh, low mental calories, but maximum enjoyment for me. All right. So everybody, if you've made it this far, give us your book recommendations. I'm always curious of a good book. And this one came up. Um, few weeks ago will and i were talking and give us a youtube channel oh well i'll tell you which one I'll, i will recommend is four eyes furniture um which i have been um yes. <laughs> well i i do i used to do a lot of woodworking and i'd kind of gotten out of it and um i don't know how i i oh i was gonna i wanted to build a tv stand for my basement and i wanted to do something kind of like modern but i didn't really have an idea and i just started googling around and this guy's video popped up and i don't know evan how would you describe it it's super chill i don't know how to describe it. it's like um it's kind of mellow but he's you know it's a really he's really interesting and thoughtful how he makes these things and how he does it i've watched a ton of them since you told me about yeah, this channel it's like highly recommend the zen of watching someone build something but what he's building is if you like mid modern or mid century modern, it's he does really beautiful woodworking, and he also is like dropping a little philosophy on you, kind of as the episodes go on. And uh, at first, I like at first it was funny. I, I listened maybe ten seconds, and I was like, "This guy's a joke." And then by the end of the episode, I was like, "I got to keep watching this." Um, really great. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I watch on YouTube. Yeah, he's really good. So. <laughs> I, I've never I watched a ton of YouTube, so. But I want everybody yeah, else's. Yeah, if you've YouTube got something, I'm 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 intrigued yeah. now because I used to be very skeptical of the concept of YouTube channels. I think I mean I usually just go on there for like DIY, you know, advice and, um, like golf, you know, like a oh, golf man. lesson or something like that. If something's bothering me, um, but, I'll give you a golf lesson. Oh man, video this time. I'll straighten you out. Maybe. We'll see. We will see. Seriously, I'll say. I'll... Yeah, I got a bunch of I got a bunch of my uh, YouTube subs, and I'll pull them up while I'm working and just play them. Bass oh. fishing and cooking. Bass fishing. Wow, you just—that's the last rabbit hole I went down was Ross Martin bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. man! I yeah. for like a week I was talking like him. I was going to Texas. We do an, uh, a guy's trip every year, and we have a ranch that we rented out last year, and it's got a private pond that's just stocked with largemouth bass and like um, tilapia. And I went. I, I had watched for like a week. And I was like, man, I never largemouth bass. I don't know what to do like here. And 
I watched his his episodes, and my God, I was teaching everyone on the ranch how to catch fish, and uh, man, and the whole time I just I can't remember how he says it, but I just kept saying a couple things just like him, and I was like, man, I can't believe how easily influenced I was by this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so send us your channels. I, I got a bunch of them if anybody wants recommendations, but that's all we got. Pack Women just lost. It's only second one of the year. Uh, they gave it a fight in the end, but just ended. They lost. Well, uh, and I'll, because it got cut off or lost in the last recording, I'll say uh, Quentin uh, reached out to us. Um, yes. A family friend of his had uh, passed away in an unfortunate uh, drunk driver accident where um, uh, two girls were. Um, killed by a drunk driver and um his his friend's uh sister mia stokes um who quentin was really close to and also this uh another girl named grace revels they um I believe they went to usc union and they were playing so- uh, softball there um so uh quentin asked for us just to kind of give a, a you know some thoughts and prayers out to that community that was rocked by this unfortunate news um it's just I've had family members that have died from drunk driving and there's, we're not going to go into like a moral crusade here right now, but it's just like, if you ever are even anywhere close to feeling questionable, like please just get an Uber or a Lyft or call a friend. Like just don't do it. It's it's so not worth it. Um, you know, and, and Quentin, we're just sorry for, for your loss and hope the hope friends and family are, you know, dealing with it and you know, we're sorry they're having to go through it. Yeah, well said. Um, with that, that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Tried to go short. We're still at an hour, right. so yeah, deal with it. <laughs> um, but thanks for all the questions. Thanks for the, we'll uh, we'll have some more next week after some basketball games. Go pack. Uh, hope you have a good weekend. Go pack. I know I can't get enough of you.
nothing